another Postcards from Antioch, a teaching and training podcast from Barton Church. And my name's James, I'm hosting. Today we're with Nicole. Hello, James. And we are talking about leadership and teamwork or leading in a team context. Mm, yes. Couldn't decide on the uh, title for this no. one, so it's been called gonna, various things. But yeah. Leadership teams. Leadership teams. teams. Lead teams. Team leaderships. Teadership. Teadership. Sometimes it, it can be quite tedious, so you know. Well, exactly. There you go. Works on many levels. What's the most boring team you've ever been a part well, of? Well, let me Name tell names. you. <laughs> at Barton Church. <laughs> yeah, we are pretty boring. Like We've got people whose idea of fun parties to name all the books of the Old <laughs> Testament. Which is a joke you won't get unless you've listened to <laughs> our overview of the Old Testament. Yes. Oh, great. Fun so, times. In jokes already. Let yeah, that's go. right. We're encouraging people, you know, you've got to catch them all if you want to get all the, the banter and the... Oh repetition. my gosh, so much banter. Yes, we just non-stop. <laughs> so leadership and teams, Nicole. Yeah. So what what kind of direction... Do you want to take us in? Well, I thought I'd start off just by saying something really obvious, which is leaders really affect how teams run. Like, really, like, affect. Um, I'm not going to give any specific examples right now, but I'm sure if you have experience in leading, um, this is something that you've come across, um, listeners at home. James, I'm sure you've... If I say leadership affects how teams run, is that something you immediately resonate? You can yeah, immediately that, see. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And I think anyone who has led a team would agree and if you don't agree you've probably not been a very good leader <laughs> yes there's probably been a problem um and i think it's something that's so important thinking about how we lead teams i would say it's something that's quite difficult to do well um or at least i find difficult to do well um i'm sure there are people who naturally yeah. are good at it what what do you think, James? Is that something yeah. you find easy? No, I. It's not something I would. Look, I. I would never volunteer to lead anything. You know, I have some principles of life: never volunteer, <laughs> never put yourself forward. <laughs> right. Yeah. Always pass the blame. You oh, know, these are the kind of principles good. that I live my life by. But no, seriously, I, I. It's not something I would ever look to do because I. I'm aware it is a challenge, mm. and it's uh, a, a difficult thing to do. Mm. Um. And I think uh, it's and it is an important role, and it depends on so much. Like I think it depends on personality mm. of yourself. Like some people, as you're saying, perhaps more naturally are comfortable leading, mm. but also it totally depends on the personality of your team. Some teams are easier to lead yep. than others. And and I think something that we see a lot in churches is that obviously the majority of the teams are volunteers. And that's a yeah. whole different dynamic that's to, right. you know, us poor people who get paid to be there. Um, you know, it's, it's a very different dynamic than working with a team of people who everyone is being paid to be there. So you're relying on a lot of people doing it out of the kindness of their heart or the passion for the vision. It's, it, yeah, it's an Yeah, it can be harder because you feel, don't feel perhaps you can make as many demands or perhaps if something's going wrong, you know, it's a bit harder to pull people aside and say, this isn't working very well. Yeah. If you, if you know, if they're not being paid, if it's not That's their job. Mm. Um, because it is, as you say, they're doing it sort of volunteering free time. Mm. So, yeah. 
But, and I think this is going to come out as well, is that there are, I think there are some real benefits to people volunteering for things. And I'm not going to go into too much into that now, um, or, you know, teams being made up of volunteers, because I think that's going to come out as we chat. But I do think it is interesting about this whole um, paid, not paid, because what I think you find happens in churches is that leaders, particularly paid leaders, often become identified with their the task that, that they're there to do, yeah. rather than the team being identified. I mean, I see this in, I mean, I think the kids work yeah. quite a lot, um, although I, hopefully not so much these days. In, in what um, way? People... In that Nicole does the kids' work. Yeah. Um, yes. And she's got a great kids' team around her, which is not the case because the, the They're team They're not a great do... team. <laughs> yeah, you, you heard it. That? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is not what I meant. Okay. I am not um, saying he's slagging off the kids' team at all. In fact, the exact opposite is that they are the great ones who do all the work and, yeah. you know, I just kind of organise it. And it's it really, I think, it's such a shame when people say, oh, the kids' work is really great, well done. It's got literally, oh, maybe not nothing to do with no. me, but it's it's the team. And I think as churches, we, we have, there's a real danger of falling into that mindset of, yes. of the leader yeah. is identified. Um, with the task as being the one responsible yeah but on the flip side i suppose then the leader is the one who who carries the blame that is true that is when true. things don't go well yeah yeah so, very true yeah but, there's pros and cons yeah mm. okay so so Oz, we did a, a session i think was it is it this series or last series i can't remember we did a I session no on i think it was last series we did a session on uh on leadership oh yes generally oz yeah. did Seven so leadership Seven-hearted yes, leadership. Yes, seven-hearted leadership. It? That's right. Well done. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, what in particular is different about this topic? Well, I'm going to actually start off just by thinking about teams and like how we lead teams. I think with the topic when Oz did his on seven-hearted leadership, you you can be a leader of of the of people without them those people being a, a team yeah. around you and so yeah. i guess i'm looking more specifically at groups of people working together and how you really harness yeah. that if that makes sense yeah that makes sense um, that's, that's helpful and, and I, I actually want to start by just not even thinking about leadership at all yes. and just thinking about teams and different types of teams so if i say james what are some different types of teams can I might need to give you an example? Can you think of some of the different types of teams that you might have that I have personally? No, no. Like oh, as teams, a, right. Generally speaking, so uh, so you might have teams who have a specific project. Yeah. So like to, activity based yep. teams. Yeah. You've got uh, sports teams. We were just talking about <laughs> yep. sports teams. Mm -hmm. So leisure, I suppose, or okay, yep. mm -hmm. uh, hobby based groups. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, let me. I'm not sure I can think of any others. You know, you're either doing something or doing something together. Yeah. So what? What about the eldership? How would you describe maybe the eldership in terms of because they're not necessarily question. just activity based. They don't. No. So there's kind of they they have a role like providing. I guess their role is to provide spiritual leadership. Yeah. Of the church. So they make 
Decisions. Decisions. Ah, there we go. It's okay, a little yeah. bit of a leading question. There. So, so not just yeah. activities, but making mm. decisions. So you've kind yeah. of got that split. So you've got teams that meet to make decisions. So that might be like our SLT, our site leadership teams. Um, it might be like the eldership team that kind of come together to make those decisions. And then you've got teams that work together to complete activities. So, I mean, that's quite a lot of the Sunday running of things. It's like the set down team, the welcome team, the kids team, the youth team. They're kind of activity based. Yeah. Um, do all teams work together at all times? No. No, they don't, James. No, I didn't have to think very long about that no. one. Um, so we we have like three different types. So we've got, yeah, a team that do work together, that co cooperative teams. So such as like the worship band, for example, need to be working together at that precise moment. Otherwise, the drums will be totally out of um, key with the, they're not out of key out of time with the rest of the band you know they're yeah. focused together um you've got uh sequential teams i love that the word sequential, sequential teams. teams um explain and, yeah please. so when each member is reliant on each member of the team is reliant on the other member having done their job okay well so for yeah. example i mean the the example that was used to me given to me was of a house so for example the architect and you're going to realise how little I know about building houses at this point, so please don't judge me, but the architect needs to do his job well or her job. Um, and then you've got the structural engineer who kind of goes, well, I think they actually work with the architect. But then once those plans are done, then the builders can come in. And then once that's done, then the roofer yeah. comes in. And, and It's like each, a chain of yeah, events. Yeah, yeah. And I see kids and youth as a little bit like this because mm -hmm. um, each of the I mean, there's teams within teams, but each of the, mm. the teams serving on that Sunday are kind of building on the work of the team that was there last Sunday because yes. children okay. develop in knowledge. And um, so, yeah, that kind of um, sequence of events. Um, and then lastly, you have kind of like individuals working together. And I think a good example of that would be like the staff team where we come mm. together and we would say we are a team. It's in the name staff team. Um but equally, we kind of have our own areas, Yeah, don't we're all we? doing our individual roles, yeah. which don't necessarily interact with mm. each other. Like I, as as um, a member of the preaching team, for example, or the, mm. the, on the staff as an associate teacher, I might have a lot to do with Wes, for example, who's in charge mm. of um, our tech, the technology side of things. Like, this is what uh, the verses I need to come up on a Sunday but I don't necessarily have as much to do with, say, Hannah, who's the administrator in the mm. office, or, yeah, or exactly. even yourself, unless there are times we might have to do an all-age service <laughs> which, together. I think which it's we've been pretty doing much the only recently. time we yeah. talk, isn't it, when there's an all-age oh, service? And, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But otherwise, you, we sort of are, we go about our own mm. individual yeah. roles. So there's, there's lots of different types of, of teams, and I think leading each of those different teams, types of teams, does take a slightly different type of leadership. I mean, would you say there are, maybe this is a really tough question actually, but would you say some teams, some of those teams that I've highlighted are easier to lead than others? Um, I think it probably does depend on you as a leader, like mm. what, you, what comes more naturally to you. I mean, some people I think are more hands-off. Mm. Some people really like to, I guess you'd call it micromanaging mm. or, or sort of overseeing mm -hmm. everything. And I guess different teams, different call for different styles of, of leadership for them to work most efficiently. Mm. 
Um, so I don't know. I feel like that was a vague answer. So, but I mean, to be fair, it was quite a vague, yeah. vague question. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely agree, and I think, I think, in some circumstances different leadership styles will work better. So, for example, if you had a micro-managerial style to the to a sequential, um, like, team, yeah. th- that leader has to be there at all times yeah. because to, to oversee those people. Whereas if the teams are maybe a bit more, um, are a bit freer to make their own decisions, then it is perfectly okay for the leader to take kind of a step back. Um, whereas yeah. in a team that's worked like the band, for example... It's slightly easier for the, I mean, it would make more sense for the, the leader to be maybe slightly more micromanageable because he or she is there, you know, um, for, ev- for, for everything. Last, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Quality I think way. also, I mean, in my own experience, um, I feel like it's probably we're probably going to be going off topic a lot or coming off on tangents a oh, lot yeah. in this one. But I've been in teams where different individuals have needed different levels yeah. of management. Yeah, definitely. I've had teams where there have been people who who did literally need you to say, right, I need this is what I need you to do. This is the order I need you to do it. This is when I need you to do it by. And same other people on the same team, part of the same responsibility, who you could just say, look, I need you to do this by then and leave them to mm, it. Definitely. And and people come with different assumptions as well. Like even if. It's not all, even always a case of uh, that they need telling, but they want to be yeah, told as well. I think that's, that's, right. that's an interesting distinction Absolutely, to make. Absolutely, yeah. I, um, again, I've had people who who need who well, I say needed that. It's what they wanted. It's how they work mm, best. Yeah. Um, and and in a sense, I can understand that. My own personality is I like to know what I sh- you know what's expected of me. Mm. I like to know exactly what I I need to be doing and and when I need to be doing mm. it by, and. Uh, yeah, so so it can be, yeah, it can be very difficult. I think sometimes. Mm. I guess that's one of the skills of being a, a good leader is recognizing the individual needs of your individual team members. That is quite right. Yeah, there have been books written on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. I've read a few books. Have on, you? One or two? Yeah, I've read a few books. I should have maybe should have done a bit of research before I uh, <laughs> before we hosted this because I can't remember. The names of the people who wrote them, but I've that's read some right. good books on on managing teams. Yeah, it's a nice, nice fake, fake answer. There's some, yeah, there's that's some good not books helpful out there, at all. guys. I cut just, that down. Um... Cut that out. That doesn't help anyone. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, someone who does have, because um, obviously I did do some prep for this, yes. this session. Well, at least one, <laughs> one of, of us, us did. Is prepared. <laughs> um, one, someone who kind of talks about this is a guy called um, Adair, and his he has like a theory of of team management and. One one of the things that he um, points out is the importance of developing individuals and in in order to do this, to see them as individuals. Um, and something that he said that I've really been struck by is for each member, of he suggests for each member of your team, writing three unique things about them, um, just on a piece of paper, just for your, for your own, um, yeah, your own reflection, I guess. And he gives a whole long list of different things like character, behavior, values, background, history, like a whole load of different categories that you can pick and choose from. But to really promote this idea of seeing the individuals as people and mm. and less of like, you know, just a, a this blob. is a team. Yeah, yeah, a blob that has to get yeah. the task done. Um, and I, I found that really, really helpful. Um, 
he he's really interesting because he kind of separates a team into three kind of overlapping circles like a Venn diagram so he would split um if you think about aspects of a team he would kind of say well the task is kind of one one circle one aspect the individual is another aspect and the group as a whole is another aspect and they're they're overlapping um so you know if if the individuals aren't developing, then that affects the task and the group dynamics. If the group dynamics are off, then that affects your ability yeah. to do the task. Um, and his argument is very much that the leader's role is to balance that. Yes. To to be constantly checking, okay, what are the group dynamics? What are the the individuals like? Um, what are we achieving the task? And that's very much how he would see the leadership role of that, um, which I, I think is quite helpful to kind of go into leadership not thinking we're just about getting this task done yeah. this is a yeah there's there's other elements to it as well absolutely there's a, a a lot to that i think you um yeah it's quite interesting i mean you see that in a sense with jesus and the disciples because mm. i was just thinking earlier mm. about team sizes you know and mm -hmm. um obviously I've heard it said, you know, 12 is a good team size. Why is that, James? Well, that's right. You know, I, mean, that's, uh, I wonder if it's kind of, you know, well, it must be a good team size because Jesus had 12 disciples kind of thing. But obviously, <laughs> you know, there are reasons why there are 12 disciples, which uh, if you know your Old Testament, you'll you'll understand. But anyway, um, I, yeah, so I was, I was, what Jesus, I think it wasn't, he had a task and these mm. were the 12 he chose specifically to help with that task but he also uh was thinking about how they were going about the task he was thinking about their their individual he understood that they needed to understand as well they weren't just about you know do you say i'll do it you just tag along or yeah. i need you to hold the loaves and the fish that's why you're here <laughs> but their individual growth was a key part of the work they were doing mm. yeah i think that's really 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 true um Thank you for bringing the That's Bible. Right. I'm, I appreciate yeah, that. I haven't got a huge I, amount of Bible in this one. Oh, no, um, well, yeah. So it's good, it's good to yeah, yeah, be thinking I think about this links. There were, I mean, obviously Jesus was aware that he was essentially training mm -hmm. his disciples to lead after he'd, he'd gone. And I guess maybe that's an aspect of what we should be doing as leaders, team leaders as well, is, mm. is training our disciples or our team members. <laughs> <laughs> that is how uh, James sees the disciples. whole of the yeah, preaching team. They disciple. are my disciple. <laughs> <laughs> um, training oh, them dear. to to be able to lead groups mm, of their own. Yeah, and I, I think that's really, really key because empowerment, like it yeah. is that um, we're not here to, or as leaders, we're not here to dictate to our teams exactly this is what you should be doing it is about that development it is about empowering people to make decisions and take control of not take control but take ownership of the vision um so that's something that's something that adair quite strongly um recommends is that he would very much see the leader as the visionary who has the vision who sees the task who who outlines you know the parameters of the goals but then draws people to the vision who mm. who engages them and encourages them and allows um and develops the individuals to work as a team to creatively get the task done which i think is kind of what you're saying is the 
was what Jesus did. Yeah, it? I yeah. suppose it's rather than just saying, look, as as you've been saying, look, we've got a job to do. Um, and that's the whole, that's, that is all we're going to think about. Mm. You know, I think obviously you can do that and there are plenty of teams that function that way and workplaces that function that way. Mm. But I guess as followers of Jesus, we should be looking for a bit more in leading teams. We should be thinking about, as you said, the individuals in our team mm. and how to help them grow and, and feel, mm. uh, a part of the team and own the vision mm. and for it to be a beneficial experience. Mm. And, and yeah, it's, ex yes, exactly. A, a beneficial experience for them. Um, and also I think it's, it's good to think long-term as well, isn't it? Because like, linking back to, if you see that the, the task is so caught up with the leader that they become synonymous when that leader leaves or can't do it for whatever reason anymore, often you see the task kind of like falling apart. Whereas if you've got a team of people who are getting the task done, who are committed to the vision, who are empowered and able to make decisions and get things done, then actually if that leader steps away, the task keeps going. Like it's not. Yes. And, and you've been building individuals up to have someone ready to step into that leadership yeah. role. And you've got... I think quite a renewable, um, self perpetuating. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's it wheel. called? I don't know what the word I want is. Uh, the machine, momentum machine, or whatever. The momentum perpetual machine. Mo <laughs> You've perpetual got perpetual motion machine. I don't. <laughs> you uh, heard it here first, guys. That's right. The, yeah. Uh, the perpetual momentum machine <laughs> of leadership. <laughs> so I yeah. wanted to ask you, Nicole. So oh, when one yep. of the teams I was a part of. We did an exercise about team roles, and it was like mm. kind of personality test. Mm -hmm. And the and at the end of it, it came out and said, "This is kind of your team role. This is the kind of role you play in a team." What do you think about that kind of approach and team roles and that kind of thing? I think self awareness and awareness therefore of then other people the way other people work um is really important i've never done a personality quiz with any of the teams i've been involved mm. in um and perhaps like i could have done um definitely i i think i do find it really helpful to think why are people reacting the way that they're reacting yeah. to things and that is something that doing a personality did I can't remember if you actually said a personality test or if it was a role. Well, tester. it was actually a specific team role test, but I think you know things like the Myers Briggs mm. and so on are very helpful for. Yeah, as I've, I've found not just understanding yourself, but understanding why other people yeah. are reacting the way they are to things, which is helpful information mm. in a team. But um, for in my, for example, the one I did, you, you did all these uh, questions and it came out and said, you're this type of person. And I think in a team, and uh, I think the title it gave me was a crusader, which I'm not sure <laughs> about uh, that term. But the point was, I was someone who, uh, it's, who keeps coming back to the core vision. Mm -hmm. So in a team, you know, people will, will, be looking at something and I say, well, you know, this is our core vision. How does that fulfill our core vision? How does that relate to our core vision, what mm. we're trying to do? And uh, I actually was surprised because 
once I'd never thought about that before, but once that was pointed out to me by his test, I thought, actually, yeah, that is mm. kind of what I do. And naturally, I'm always wanting to get back to the big picture of, of what we're doing. So I found it helpful to, for myself, like say, self-awareness to realise mm. actually that is the role. And now I know that, I'm conscious that in a team, well, that is a role I can play naturally and, and comes naturally to me and is helpful. Mm. I think that was the one of the, the things is it's not that, you know, one role is this is the, you know, you're a, you're a crusader james you're a whatever we're and you're a waste of space <laughs> yeah exactly that kind of thing you're a burden to this team that's not what it was everyone yeah. had a role mm -hmm. that they were all needed for a team to function well mm. and uh, i found that helpful and and because i completely agree and i think it's worth thinking about if you're if you have um Oh, why is my brain not working? If you if you're able to pick who's on your team, like if you have that ability to control that to some extent, it is really worth thinking about that and thinking about okay, well, who am I bringing on that's going to complement one another um, with yeah, different yeah. strengths and and weaknesses as well. I mean, often we don't have necessarily the ability to control who we bring on to teams. Um, but if you are able to like compile your dream team, definitely something worth. Like, yeah, about. I think there are sometimes people who you may not necessarily want on a team, yes, but actually would be good. So key. Yeah, mm. for the yeah. team. Like we had um, another team I was a part of. We had these. Uh, what I've gone. Who who was the thinking hats? You know the thinking hats, the blue hat, the. What? Oh, uh, what the, for no different. So you'd say you know I can't remember the uh the the person who came up with it but you were the different hats were associated with different ways of thinking okay so you'd say you know the black hat is um i think the black hat was what are the potential problems mm. kind of and so you might say let's let's do some black hat thinking so people would come up with potential uh, problems okay yeah yeah and there were different um, coloured hats for for different things. Though some of you listening will be shouting at me that because you, you know <laughs> you know wrong. exactly mm -hmm. yeah. But but the point is there was I've been in teams where some people naturally you know were quite negative mm. and really good at objecting to everything or pointing out the flaws in every plan. And actually there is a place for for if you mm -hmm. can manage Helpful. them well, there is a definitely a place in your team. Mm. Although you might not say, "Oh, I wish." You know, I wish we didn't have so and so. Mm. They're so negative, or they're always, um, fight, you know, pointing out reasons why we can't do things. Mm. But if you can manage that well, that can be a really key a real part skill. of having mm. someone in a team is people who can see the potential flaws mm. in in the plans. Mm. Definitely, I think that's. I'm gonna throw something else out there now because there's this there's a movement in um leadership kind of theory at the moment um about having the leader as the facilitator so this is something that um we've weaver and farrell talk about quite a lot and sort of seeing the leadership not as a as necessary director but a resource for the team to mm. use and they'd even go so far as to say is that the vision for the the team yeah. should come from the team members themselves and that the the leader is there to harness and to perhaps steer them. Yes, yeah, steer. That's. I was going to say shape, and I was mm, like, that's not right. No. Steer. Uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that kind of idea of leadership? No, I mean, there's a part of that that appeals to me because yeah. 
I like the idea of not having to, you know, letting the group do, not having to make decisions, <laughs> not having conflict, you know. And I suppose no, that's a well. I was going to say, a, actually, I feel like it's the almost it's harder. Yeah. Because there will be conflict. Yeah, and how I do think you manage that. Yeah, I think in a way, I suppose maybe what I feel about that is, I I feel like more perhaps more competent in helping people resolve. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, the the kind of conflicts they're having, rather than being the cause of the conflict, <laughs> rather than having to say to people, "This is what we're going to do." Mm. You know, that's just the way it is. Um, I do very much like the idea of a team. I think it it, it definitely is a, a powerful thing when the whole team yeah. has embraced and says, "You know, this is our vision." Yeah. It's not. I'm not here, you know, because I've been told to be here, and you're yeah. the. We're we're just the underlings who are being paid to, uh, you know, implement your vision as the mm -hmm, leader. Mm -hmm. But it is more powerful when a whole team says, no, this is our vision. Mm -hmm. But it is hard work to get there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, really hard. What's that Chinese? Is, I don't mind not be a Chinese proverbs, but you, proverb, but you said it in the last one. The, the last that was Oz's one, one about oh, was it Oz's? The, you know it was yours. it's a sign of good leadership when it's the people who say they, we've, we we've did this ourselves yeah. Um, yeah and I I think there's different there's different moments to wear different kind of leadership hats as it were you mm. could have like your blue hat of leading as maybe more directive uh, your yellow hat as leading more yeah, as a I don't facilitator think, I think they're probably you know copyrighted the <laughs> oh, no. coloured hats your book's dead in the water before it's even oh, such a shame written. James you're ruining my dreams <laughs> But yeah, mm. do continue. Sorry, yes. No, no, that's right. right. You just keep mocking. It's fine. Yeah. I, can, I, I can do that well. It. That's my team role. That is your team role. To mock Make, everyone. Bring everyone yeah. down a few. Stop legs. people getting, you know, ahead of themselves, okay. thinking too much of themselves. <laughs> no. But yeah, so there's different times for wearing different. Oh, I'm, I can't, I'm stuck on the metaphor now for using different leadership techniques. Um, definitely. Uh, yeah, and I think I think the idea of facilitating is something that's definitely worth thinking about. Yeah. Um, as we lead teams. The the other thing that I, w I just kind of want to bring us on to, which is a slight tangent, is um, thinking a little bit about the, I'm not a psychologist, but a little bit about the psychology of like how teams work together. Because um, a guy called Wilfred Bion, Bion, really sorry, I have no idea how to pronounce that name, um, found that actually there's a secondary layer of assumptions that people bring to being on teams um, and he said that as well as um, people being on the team to get the task done obviously that's the primary um, assumption but the, that there were these secondary assumptions that um, they all had one of so they either all of the team members um, acted as if they were there to um, have their needs met or mm -hmm. they acted that they were planning to reproduce themselves and others or they um were as acted as if they were there to fight against something or escape something. So these these three different areas, which he called dependence, pairing, and fight flight, um, were things that could be seen in pretty much all of the teams he observed. Okay. They were all bringing one of these. I mean, obviously it varies team members, yeah. but they were all bringing the secondary kind of relational aspect. Yeah. Um, to what they wanted or what they, how they were acting. Um, within the team, which I think is really, really interesting. And often we kind of forget, I think. Yeah, I think that's that makes perfect sense to me mm -hmm. because we're still human. Yeah, we bring our exactly. human nature wherever we go. And I think, again, we've, we've, we've talked about the impact of the fall mm. on humanity and those kind of 
things he he identified wanting to fight against something or replicate yourself or um what was the third one um that was, to, i think it was the first one you mentioned so fight or flight have your needs met have your needs met yeah um those are kind of what we would expect to see in in each other mm. because of a result of of that broken relationship with god and yeah and and take bringing that with us into our team relationships mm, definitely um and kind of on on that sort of topic if if you are really interested in going and reading more leadership theories then um susan whelan has a, a really good book where she talks about the four different stages that teams go through um so the first stage i think is uh, something like dependency um interdependency on one another mm. and the teams when they first meet tend to be slightly more compliant yeah um slightly more willing to go along with whoever's in charge they're kind of you're trying to work out where you are in the group um, and then after that you move into the second stage which is um more of a, a conflictual stage where people mm. are finding uh, their voice they're starting to speak out and um and we're not saying conflict here isn't necessary um as necessarily a negative thing yeah but disagreements and th this is where disagreements happen and this is where really you get to the the gold i guess where people then start to move into stage three where they're working together um and and then they eventually move into stage four where the task is done and it's a time of evaluation and it's a really interesting way of looking at teams and i'm sure you can see that like when i think back i know i can think of teams that i've been in the way you can kind of see them people going through these stages yeah. and um, I think it's really helpful as a leader to be aware or have some kind of idea what sort of stage your team is in. Because like in that first stage, when people are um, kind of relying on the leader to give them direction, it's good to start empowering them to make their own decisions in a you know gradual way. It's good to try and create a safe space so that people feel able, all people, all team members, not just mm. the, the confident ones, feel able to then share their thoughts in that stage two area of conflict and disagreement. Um, and so, so that, yeah, you can move on to, yeah, work well together yeah. as a team, communicate. Um, so that is something I found quite helpful. And um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of information that. out there. I mean, you refer mm. to... A some books and some yeah. theories i've mentioned a couple though not as well <laughs> not as well there are some leadership books have. out there i yeah. can read them but um it it's mm. it just goes to show I, I think one of the things i've been surprised at is when i've read some of these books and thought about some of the things is actually you do see it as you say you do mm. you it's not just someone sitting there saying oh making stuff up they they are talking about patterns and mm. things that do happen in teams and it is helpful to to be informed i think if you're leading a team and I, I think the thing that i found coming into leadership is that you can know all of the theory but you do actually have to still like put some of it into practice yeah. and you do have to it's not just about going and reading but also maybe just picking one area at a time to be like okay i'm going to try and develop in this and it just takes time and experience and i can see how I can see now how I'm a better leader now than I was when I started yeah. definitely but I am also so aware that I have so much further to go in terms of team leadership and that is okay like it's good mm. to be self-aware it's good to know where your strengths and your weaknesses are and how you can develop and how you can be doing things differently yeah. so yeah I think 
reading is really good and we should all go and read more leadership books but <laughs> it it's the experience i would say that is yeah you is need the to key. apply it yeah. and having that because people also don't always react the way you expect them to they don't no and, it's annoying uh just things like having uh, as you grow in your people skills you become a better leader anyway mm. i think that those kind of things yeah definitely um, I mean, that's pretty much all I was going to yeah. say on the so, topic. It's a nice shorter one from me. No, no history in yeah, it this, this time. Good. I was going to say, is there any one thing, say we've got mm. someone who for, for the first time they've been asked to lead a group and it's the first time they've done it and they're maybe not sure about it or, or how to start. Is there any kind of one or two pieces of advice? I mean, maybe even just highlighting some things you've already mentioned mm. that you would you would want to give them i think self awareness is my would be my key key advice well it's not really advice self awareness just a word isn't yeah. it but that'll be my key word um for any leader because i think until you know your strengths your weaknesses what leadership style you're more likely to um fall into where or yeah, it's very difficult to then move forward. So I would say the first thing is to work out yourself what you're worried about, what you're feeling mm, more confident yeah. in, what you think you'd be good at. Um, I think that is such a key part of developing as a leader. Um, so that'd be number one. And then I think my second piece of information would be piece of information, piece of advice yeah. would be this idea that we came back to the beginning of everyone like the team is made up of individuals and get to know the individuals as much as possible and see them as people rather than the team um because i think i mean it helps in so many ways because a you're able to harness and use different giftings and that is what we are about as a church we want to enable people to use their giftings that god has given them um but also like things like criticism and conflict is so much easier to manage when you see the people as individuals and as people made you know, in the image of God and you have a relationship with them, a proper relationship rather than just a faceless team member. Um, yeah, I think mm. that those, those would be my two key takeaway things. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, Nicole. That's really helpful. Good. Thank you. And thank you for listening again to Postcards from Antioch, our podcast, and we hope to... Uh, be heard by you again Woo! at some point in the future thank you have a have a good day <laughs>